you are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, got their Twitter handles up there, at Bob Rack. That's what it looks like when we say Bob Rack, because it's easier than people trying to spell Bo, B-E-A-U, B-E-A-U-X. I've seen some weird spellings. That's what it looks like, at Bob Rack, at Clancy's Corner. It's true. I've seen it. Um, There's an X in there? For some, Listen, Bo, I don't I – don't, Is that uh, some – I don't give people the benefit of the doubt for their, for their intellectual level. Uh, so I kind of err on the side of caution when it comes to that. We've got a jam-packed show today, and we're not going to talk much draft. We're going to talk some free agency. We're going to talk the running back room. And I'm going to ask a question right out the gate, and this is not to um, incite riot. This is not to make it look like a hot-button topic that we're just talking for clickbait um, purposes. But if I were to ask you, Bo, six months ago, who, which quarterbacks in the NFL would be the least – likely to request a trade just because of their demeanor, because of their leadership, everything like that. Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson probably be at the top of that list, right? I mean, more Russell Wilson than Deshaun Watson, just because of the history of success that Russ has had going into the playoffs, making a couple Super Bowls. And even though Deshaun's won 10 games a couple times, they've won the division three out of the last five years. It, they've never really got to that point that Russ did, but two inherent leaders, two well-respected guys in the locker rooms, you would say that they would be at the top of that list, right? Of least likely to request a trade. Yeah. Pre DeAndre Hopkins trade, because once that right. happens, it's just like that's going to upset your, anybody you send out their, uh, their running mate basically. And, and you send them out the door for peanuts and you really don't have any kind of input into the decision. I thought it was, I was kind of shocked by the, I don't, I don't know what Russell Wilson is doing. I mean, he's, they surrounded him with some solid receivers. You know, what, what is Russell Wilson, what does he gain from the conversation he had with Dan Patrick? He just ruffled the feathers. Why? I mean, there was really no traction or any kind of rumblings that Russell Wilson could be seeing himself out of Seattle. I, I, yeah, I mean, I was kind of surprised by it. He, he's kind of been a wild card throughout his career, just saying some weird things that people don't necessarily identify with necessarily like he's uh he he has a, w odd chips on his shoulder and uh yeah i mean i i would have never guessed that he would have brought up in an interview following especially this season him potentially being on the open market yeah and I, he didn't request the trade but obviously as you mentioned with dp it's uh just interesting verbiage interesting things to say and if you look back at it he's not wrong like what? So they drafted DK Metcalf fell into their laps. Okay, their first round draft pick lore has been terrible. Aside from Bruce Irvin, I think 2012 or 2013. So it's been years. Russell Wilson has been doing it all himself. He Byron Leftwich did for half of a year a couple of years ago, where he had pretty much a broken ankle and played on that because they have not brought anybody in to protect him. They traded his trusty center Max Unger for for Jimmy Graham, like. The offensive line has not been at the most important peak of necessity, according to John Schneider and the rest of the front office members. So I get it. Um, 
There were rumblings in 2018 right after the draft that Cleveland had offered the number one overall pick for Russell Wilson. Colin Cowherd had said multiple times around that time that don't be surprised if he gets traded to the Giants or if the Giants are a team that, you know, that come up to the top and like, oh, the Giants are actually offering a certain package for Russell Wilson. Now with the Deshaun Watson request for trade, which hasn't been executed yet, we don't know if it will be or not, um, it just begs the question. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm not saying that that Kyler Murray is going to say anything like this. But up until six months ago, we didn't think this was even a, a possibility. So, Bo, with quarterbacks now requesting trades, wanting out, and being vocal about it, does it put more pressure on the Cardinals to do things now to keep Kyler Murray happy? No, not any more than they already should feel. I mean, where they are in this stage of Kyler Murray's career and – Look, they've they've made incremental improvements each year he's been in the league the first two seasons, but you know, they're on the right trajectory. This is this is why this offseason is so crucial. I mean, it's it's already paramount that Steve Kime surrounds Kyler Murray with more talent on the offensive side of the football and on the defensive side of the football to where they can make the jump and then Kyler Murray can vie to be the top quarterback in this division. This is the time. I mean, as we've seen before, now it doesn't automatically mean it's gonna happen. We've seen quarterbacks, we just saw one in Josh Allen, take a monumental leap with the Buffalo Bills. They became one of the top four to five teams in the league. And it was all due to, you know, Sean McDermott, the head coach, and who's pulling the strings and architect of that team in Buffalo. Uh, they, they made all the right decisions. They were a 13-3 and three team. Uh, very impressive. You know, Steve Kime and this roster right now are very far away from that. But they can get there. And they have to get there in order to keep everybody, you know, happy, especially Kyler Murray. And it, it could give them what they're trying to avoid, obviously, is just this complete fallout, right? I mean, you, you never want the Deshaun Watson. We haven't seen any of those dominoes fall to make us feel like that can, that can make Kyler Murray mad because every move that they've seemingly made, maybe outside of eighth overall last year in the draft and Isaiah Simmons, uh, has been to benefit Kyler Murray. I so right now they're they're playing their cards correctly, but it's been the pressure really hasn't been on. I mean, it, it's it's a pretty easy blueprint to follow. You draft a guy number one overall, he has success. You surround him with talent. You go out, you pretty much get the best option you can get that was available in DeAndre Hopkins, and now you got to continue to do that. You know, it's hard. You you set a high bar. But uh, no, I, I think that they're right now. It would be pretty outrageous if if it if things went south with with this organization and their quarterback. Agreed. I mean, but at the same time, at the same time, to your point, I mean, this is a position. This position is going the way of of NBA stars. It is. They're even though they're signing their names on the dotted line for an absurd amount of money, it doesn't matter. The respect is key, and if they don't want to be in a certain situation. They can clearly force their way out. Right. They can't. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's it's no longer unprecedented. And that no. and that's why I asked now. I mean, what it's we become used, more, more normal. What it we really, what we used to go through is them is the Washington professional football team franchise tagging Kirk Cousins two years in a row. Like that's the worst it used to get when you didn't trust that the guy was going to be in your future, but he was better, he had a better war than somebody else that you'd bring in off the scrap heap. So that, I mean, that's where you're at now that with the player empowerment, 
I agree. I mean, Kyler doesn't seem like that guy. He may want to take his ball and go home to play baseball first, then request a trade. But this is the wrinkle that we're at now because Steve Kime decided to stay with Cliff Kingsbury. And this is not a conversation for that. That's the reality. That's where we're at. Say the Cardinals go nine and seven, eight and eight. If they add a 17th game, whatever. And they decide to move on from Cliff Kingsbury. Then you're in Kyler Murray's fourth year. Okay. So the fun part's over. You're in your fourth year. Say you bring in a Brian Dable. Just hypothetically speaking, you bring him in. You're bringing an offensive guy that completely molded Josh Allen into, you know, an Adonis of a quarterback from what we saw with him at Wyoming when he didn't even make uh, all Mountain West his last year there. And then if Kyler Murray doesn't do well with Brian Dable, yeah, then we've got a real situation. You know, like it's, this is incredible book of fiction that you're writing. I know, <laughs> I, mean, I know, no, I don't know, but I, no, no, but I'm listen. Yeah, with what's going on with Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, it just has to be spoken up momentarily. We were going to put this to the side after, but it's a question that needs to be asked, and and that's why we're going to end this segment and not talk about it again. But it's a question that needs to be broached, where if it just puts more pressure on the Cardinals to keep a quarterback from not going rogue and saying he wants out because the necessary steps weren't taken to, you know, make him happy, whether it be on the offensive line or pieces on the outside to throw to. I think with Russell Wilson and with Deshaun Watson, it's a warning shot to the entire league. Like, hey, like if, if you don't keep these guys happy, they're going to be very vocal of it, and they're probably inevitably going to force their way out of their current situation, I, I mean, at least with Watson, I think. And and. Russ is a little bit different because he's he's been in the league since 2012. I mean, Watson, you know, he just finished what is, is he's been in the league since 2018, 2017. It's uh it's a little bit different, but that's why I was kind of confused with the Russell Wilson comments. It's like, dude, you're making 35 million dollars a year. You're part of the reason they can't surround you with the enough the amount of talent that you think's necessary. But also, I'm sure like Pete Carroll and John Schneider are um I don't know, dumb enough to think that they, because they've done it before, gone and drafted the quarterback late in the draft and then, but surrounded them with the talent. That's what the one time they won their Super Bowl. You know, they could be uh, just that stubborn and, and that dumb and thinking that. I don't know. I, I, the Cardinals have played their cards correctly so far. But like we said, this is a pivotal offseason. Like things could go, things could go wrong because it is so tough to improve on the eight wins, especially when you're staring down this division. It's it's not going to be easy. If they, it does, if if by this time next year and, and they've won 11 or 12 games, that's because mostly probably because Kyler Murray took an insane leap in his next season and he deserves to, you know, crumple up the rest of his rookie deal, get paid, secure the bag, and then it's a, then then you're trying to keep them happy in a different way, and it's a pretty easy solution. Just just pay. Yeah, right. I mean, if you're going to ask, would you rather bet on him taking a leap or regressing? We're both going to agree taking a leap is would be the more likely thing to happen. Alex Clancy, Bob Rock, Locked On Cardinals. Thanks for listening. We'll get to your tweets. We've got a laundry list of tweets to get to um, from you guys from a, you know the last couple of days. Coming up next, what are the Cardinals going to do with the running back room? Has Kenyon Drake showed you enough to bring him back if it's a team-friendly deal? Or are you going to look elsewhere and maybe have to spend a little bit more money than you'd like to bring in an impact running back to go along with Chase Edmond, Jonathan Wards, et cetera? That's next, Locked on Cardinals. But first, um, 
I don't know anything about cars. Uh, I say it every show. I know nothing about cars. Um, neither does Bo, so that makes me feel better. RockAuto.com is Shangri-La Xanadu for me and other people that don't know anything about cars. Go to RockAuto.com. They're a family-owned business. They've been around for 20 years. Tail lights, carpet, paint, whatever you want. You just go online. You search for what you want. You don't have to go to a chain storefront and say, hey, where do I find this part? Because I'm you know, inept when it comes to cars. And it gets awkward, and you get laughed at like I used to. Go to rockauto.com. Reliably low prices. Everything's easy. The prices are the same for you and for professionals the same. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts avail- available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box. They know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents, More Than a Game. Don't miss this week's episode featuring Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Eric Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discussing the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. There's a new episode coming next week, so go ahead and subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. But we talk a lot about wide receivers, offensive linemen, cornerbacks. We spent a lot of time talking about that yesterday. The running rack, the running back room has been underwhelming since 2017. When David Johnson got hurt, wasn't his fault. But since 2017, the running back room has been underwhelming. Sure. In 2019, the Cardinals traded for Kenyon Drake. He had over 800 all-purpose yards in eight games when the season was pretty much over. I equate that to the Jimmy Garoppolo 5-0 start at the end of the season when he got traded to San Francisco when they were completely out of playoff contention. So, yes, it showed flashes from Kenyon Drake, but that's what he's been. Flashbulb moment, the Hail Mary end of the game against New England when he was in Miami, the kickoff return for a touchdown in the national championship game in Alabama. He got the transition tag last year. Bo, if it's a team-friendly deal, do you trust bringing him back to lead the backfield for the Arizona Cardinals in 2021. I mean, how how friendly is it? it it's got to be really friendly. It can't be close. And for six mil guaranteed. It's not bad for a guy that scored 10 touchdowns and what, 15? No. He played in 15 games last year? Yeah, 15 games, 13 starts. He had the, the ankle injury where he missed one game. Look, I would much rather the Arizona Cardinals go the cheap route and try to find and scout the next running back for this squad, like I uh, every down back. And you see a lot of the teams that have done it, you know, I mean, two of them were in the Super Bowl this year. Tampa, they take a guy like Ronald Jones. Sure, they were able to grab Leonard Fournette off playoff Lenny, now Super Bowl Lenny off the uh, free agent scrap heap. And then you've got, uh, you've, you've got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the Chiefs. I, I would like to see if the Arizona Cardinals can find themselves a Clyde Edwards Hilaire, even though he kind of slowed down at the end of his rookie season. I, I liked what he showed there. And I think the Arizona Cardinals would benefit from having a young guy that they could just run the mileage up. Like just no, no mileage limit on this lease. Arian Foster him. Arian Foster, whatever it is, just run it up uh, and, and just see what you do. I mean, because look, I, I don't think Kenyon Drake had a terrible season. I think he actually had a pretty good season. If he played in the 16th game, if he played 16 full games, he would have gone over 1,000 yards. He had 10 touchdowns. Him and Kyler Murray, what, they have 21 touchdowns between the two of them? That's a pretty solid, potent running attack, but we know that it fell off. 
It also has to do with scheme. Both you and I are pretty big critics of that. And when the Arizona Cardinals don't get that run balance going on, uh, so no matter who they bring in, that still has to change. But I still want to see some fresh legs. I just think that Kenyon Drake at this stage in his career, it's just it is just kind of that when he's gonna he's gonna be 27 years old or he is 27 years old, just turned it. it it's a little old in my opinion for the Arizona Cardinals to give him even more than another one year deal. So the answer is no. I would much rather them go a different direction. Do I do I think that Kenyon Drake can't be productive? That that's not what I'm saying, but I think that, uh, and I think he had a good year. It's it's just it's time. It's time to find you know who's going to be the next guy to tote the rock for the Arizona Cardinals in the backfield alongside Kyler Murray. Yeah, I mean we do know that Chase Edmonds isn't a lead back, no. right? Um, yeah, he's he's great in space. He's a Chris Thompson light. He's a little bit better runner of the football between the tackles than Chris Thompson was. But uh, Chris Thompson was by far, you know far and away above a better uh, pass catcher than Chase Edmonds. But I, I mean I agree with you. But uh, the issue is when you don't have a fourth and sixth round pick, you can't take dart throws with those picks. So you have to make the top three count. And I think they'd be doing themselves a huge disservice by drafting a running back in the first round. I don't hold. I, I mean I don't put anything out of out of the realm of possibility. But you can pretty much say that they're not going to draft a running back in the first round. Uh, there's cornerback help, there's offensive line, wide receiver, whatever. I don't think it's going to be running back. Now, in the middle of the second round, that's where it gets interesting if you have a guy like Travis Etienne or Najee Harris or somebody that drops who has shown you know, mass uh, mass volume and touchdown scoring in college, a lot like Jonathan Cooper from last year or Jonathan Taylor last year who went the second round to Indianapolis. Something like that I'd be uh, way more inclined to think positively of. But I agree with you. You have to go the cheaper route. I mean, Aaron Jones is going to be staring you in the face, but you need to get interior of offensive line help, wide receiver help through free agency. It's just when you when you remove Kenyon Drake, you are really hoping that whoever you draft is going to pan out because if he doesn't, then you're going to regress from an already C-plus running back room that you had last year. So that's the risk you take. I mean, there's a guy like Jamal Williams. Is a guy like Jamal Williams going to be inexpensive enough? And he's does he have the ability to be a lead back? Because what we do know is he's great out of the backfield. He's great between the tackles. He's great catching the ball. He can do everything. He can pass block. And he's he's a veteran dude who hasn't really gotten his shot. So a guy like him, I would... You want to give the starting running back reins to a guy like Jamal Williams? Or you want him to be a work share? What are you saying? Yeah, work share. With- but I'm saying like he's an inexpensive option. No, I, I, they need to identify a guy that's going to take the majority of the reps. I just don't think – I still – I like the change of pace from Chase Edmonds. You even, you even mentioned it. I just don't think he's a workshare guy. I, th- I think he's just kind of sprinkled in. You need a guy that can take on the load. And, uh, you know, Steve Kimes never drafted a, a running back in the first round. That's Everybody knows that. He was going to take Amir Abdullah in the late in the second round before he was cherry picked by Detroit. Thank God, and that turned into David Johnson, who I think David Johnson is the highest running back that Steve Kimes ever selected. I could be wrong; I have to fact check that, but I'm pretty sure that's the highest he's taken. Chase Edmonds was a fourth round pick out of Fordham. Uh, we remember Andre Ellington was a wait; he was a really late pick, and he was a decent back for this team for about a season and a half. Um, but we've seen, if you just look at the leaderboards as far as rushing in the NFL, it's 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 a lot of second round picks. So if they don't go in the first round, and and this is this is a talking point that I think is going to continue throughout the offseason is 
the Arizona Cardinals don't have a ton of cap space. They've had the luxury of a bunch of cap space the previous two off seasons. They don't have that this year. And you mentioned their lack of picks. They're going to have to be aggressive in the draft. And that means accumulating some more picks. And he's been pretty good. Kime has been pretty good in moving around in the second round and getting, you know, he got Andy Isabella. Look, he didn't pan out. Buda Baker, that's the biggest one that stands out. He moved up in the second Mm -hmm. round. If you can go out there, you could probably find your starting running back in the second round. Do you have a problem with that? No. I mean, it depends. Travis Etienne's got a lot of miles. So does Najee Harris. Uh, Derrick Henry has been the anomaly of running backs from Alabama. Years old, they're yeah. twenty-two years old. But like I said, how, how many I, how many Alabama running backs not named Derrick Henry have worked out? Mark Ingram. Okay, for two years. Okay, <laughs> Mark Ingram. After he's made it to like his got another contract. Right, he's thirty-one. Right, yeah. so he signed. If you ask, if you ask Baltimore if they would have signed him, you, they would have said, you know what, we're going to pass, or we're going to give him less money. He had one good year. He had ten touchdowns and about a thousand yards rushing. Just admit, Mark Ingram's a success for Alabama. It just admit it. Okay, it took him three years or four years to actually become rash, relevant. Same with Derrick Henry. Took him a couple years, but okay, yes, second Can't round Drake running back. Alabama running running back. <laughs> He's not. That's it's not the same. It's Take not the, the same. It, it, no, it's not the same. Um, okay. It depends on what they do in free agency. And it sucks that that's going to be the the um, the precursor to everything that we say. If they bring a don't running back in. Running back position in free agency. Just don't. Don't spend a dime. It's such a risk if they don't. No, it's not. Look at where, I mean, most of these guys are guys that were drafted into their organizations and developed. They, they weren't guys that were on their second NFL contract. Most of these guys, like the Dalvin Cooks, the Travis Henrys, those are second-round picks that were drafted and developed by their organization. DK Dobbins, he's going to be a beast for Baltimore. Pretty good offensive I, I, lines on those teams. Having sure. Jack Conklin and, and, uh, and Taylor Lewan as your bookends, pretty good. Pretty good for Tennessee. It's easier to do that when you have an offensive line that can block. I mean, you have DJ Humphreys, well, who's shown – and we're going to get into this in the in the last segment. And that they had a great running attack. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, look at what look at what they've done. I mean, they not only brought in Jack Con- Cleveland, not only brought in Jack Conklin, but they drafted Jedrick Wills also. So they right. made the firm decision. Hey, we're going to do this. This is going to be our strength to help the running back, the two-headed monster that they have. We're going to talk about offensive linemen and if the Cardinals should trade for any in the next segment when we get into our tweets from from some of our listeners. Um. Listen, I, I, I tend to agree with you that the Cardinals aren't going to be able to hit on a running back on the cheap in free agency. Because if that were the case, it, it, they probably wouldn't be up for free. Like, Jamal Williams has made $2.5 million in his career. He's going to want to get paid more than what the Cardinals are, offer, are going to offer him. I mean, he may stay with Green Bay if Aaron Jones leaves. And they can get a, a more they can get an inexpensive option compared to who they have for for Aaron Jones. So I mean, again, this is very fluid. What they're going to do in free agency with their very uh, low level of uh, of salary cap space, it's going to be something we're going to be talking about over the next couple months leading up to the draft. Coming up next, we're going to get to your tweets. We're going to talk about Orlando Brown. Um, he's unhappy in Baltimore. Would he be a target for the Cardinals via trade? We'll talk about that next. 
and more. Locked on Cardinals, Alex Clancy and Bo Brock. But first, betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over, which is sad, but there's plenty of NBA, college basketball, NHL. They're all in full swing. March Madness is right around the corner. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. I miss watching the challenge. That's one thing that I miss from cable. Uh, guilty pleasure of mine. Real, real-time real updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Like, case in point, for the Super Bowl, Bowen, my favorite one was, um, would Patrick Mahomes have more rushing yards or DeAndre Ayton have more rebounds and blocks in the game that was that preceded the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday? Patrick Mahomes won that bet, I think, within his first rush when he rushed for about 20 yards. But that, that's, those are the fun things that betonline.ag has. That has you covered with all the news, scores, and odds. You sign up for their newsletter. They'll email you a bunch of crap of, you know, betting lines and everything like that. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's pretty good. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Be sure to use the promo code Locked On. Final segment, Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Thank you to everybody who's watching on StreamYard via Periscope, via Twitter. Um, we will be going live on Facebook as well. We're still trying to figure out the, the video thing, exactly what platform we want to use, but we appreciate everybody who watches and uh, reaches out to us on Twitter. Let's get into this right away. This was the first one. David Odell with David underscore Fudge asked both of us, how much would we give up to get Orlando Brown? Orlando Brown is an offensive tackle. He wants to play left tackle. Ronnie Stanley's their guy there. He, they paid him a boatload of money to play left tackle for the Ravens. What would the Cardinals give up for him? And Bo reached out uh, right away and said, DJ Humphreys is the guy. And 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 that's what it's going to be. They He signed a $29 million guarantee contract. It was upwards of 40, but he got 29 mil guaranteed, which is about half of what the top tier guys are getting at that position. So that was team-friendly, short deal, front-loaded, exactly what you want from any contract for a guy that was coming off a career year and his contract was up after the 2019 season. Now, the contingency plan for the left tackle, if, if DJ Humphreys gets hurt, is supposed to be Josh Jones. He didn't play at all last year. He was in for some bunch packages where he played as a second or third tight end. He lined up as that. Uh, hasn't got a lot of run, but I'm assuming that a guy like Orlando Brown would rather stay in Baltimore where they have – sustained success there running the football than getting traded to a place like Arizona. And this is, again, all hypothetical. Bo, you would pass on a guy like Orlando Brown, correct? Even if he were up and wanted to come to Arizona? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just the price tag, and you've got so many holes over uh, across your roster that, look, DJ Humphreys might not be I, – I, I, we don't know. We haven't seen Orlando Brown play left tackle. We know that, you know, DJ Humphreys at this point is a proven commodity. And that's just one of the places you don't have to worry about right now when you're the Arizona Cardinals, when you have so many other holes that you have to fill and not only find guys to kind of be, you know, in between guys on this roster, but you have to find starters in, in the defensive secondary. And just, I don't think you should waste your time exploring that. Even though, look, you'll never turn an opportunity down to upgrade at any position. So, yeah, I mean, we even talked about Kyler Deshaun Watson. So we're not afraid. We're not going to shy away from the conversation. Right. I just think as far as does it make sense for the Cardinals to pursue, get into a bidding war for a guy like Orlando Brown? No, no not at this stage. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Okay, uh, next one from Matthew Sund uh, Sunderland at Matty Ice 1428. Um, Clancy Bo Brock, what do you guys? Uh, who do you guys want alongside D-Hop realistically and unrealistically? Unrealistically, 
We talked about this. We talked about this. Who who would our favorite uh you know offseason target be? Um you said Nick Chubb, right? Well, we that was like our unrealistic yeah, uh, acquisition the of the offseason. Off, like well, it was either Chubb or Kareem Hunt. Look, it wasn't I feel foolish. Well, that's fine. And but but I said I said uh Odell Beckham. And I said Odell right. Beckham because right. It's it would be more fun than what the wide, wide receiver room is now. So unrealistically, I would like to see Odo Beckham in an Arizona Cardinals uniform. I, he's not going to get utilized as much as he wants to in Cleveland. We know that they made the playoffs without him. Uh, they look good. They won a playoff game. They're running the ball forty times a game. You know, like if the if the defense will allow it, Jarvis Landry is going to be the target monster there. He has been. Rashard Higgins has been fine. Peoples Jones has been good. Austin Hooper and um. And Harrison, whatever his name is, the backup has has been fine. Odo Beckham's going to want out at some point. He's going to want the targets. And but as far as the available guys, like I mean, there's a huge crop of yeah. free agent wide receivers yeah. out there. So I mean, it's I mean, also some talented tight ends. Gerald Everett from L.A. He's probably not going to return to the Rams. Um, like as far as Galladay, I would say like complete pipe dream yeah. would be Juju. Really. Because he can play the slot, he could he could be he can play multiple positions and run a you know a different array of, of routes on the route tree than than say Galladay, who's probably going to take more of the top off the defense type guy. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, he doesn't he didn't uh, graduate to the ego of Antonio Brown, which helps. He's a kid. I think he's, I think all their wide receivers are under twenty four. He's got the least case of the dropsies of any of the wide receivers there. Deontay Johnson leads the pack with that one. Uh, Juju's interesting. You know, Chris Godwin's mine. I mean, if we're going to do, uh, like, he is a monster. The problem with him and Kenny Galladay is they're injured all the time. Mm. They're Julio Jones light who don't play through the injuries. You know, Kenny Galladay yeah. misses chunks of games. And, I mean, uh, same with same with Chris Godwin. Like, if you're in fantasy football, you draft Mike Evans first. Even though Chris Godwin may get more targets, Mike Evans is on the field all the time. Now, and I, go ahead. I just think that the, those three guys that we just mentioned there too have shown they can coexist with a number one guy. Mm -hmm. Now, do they want to be the number one guy now? Maybe. Uh, I mean, but Juju, Pittsburgh, there's always been great receivers there. Detroit's always had a bunch of guys, you know, and Chris Godwin just won a Super Bowl with two other guys that are arguably, you know, higher than him on the depth chart by the end of the season. Maybe even Gronk is was higher than him by the end of the season. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, the, all those guys can coexist and, you know, kind of that would bolster their wide receiver court. Like, are they going to realistically shell out the money necessarily to do it? I, I don't think they can. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, the interesting part, and, and we'll get we'll get to one more tweet here before we get out of here, is you're going to get wide receiver one targets on this roster. You know, I mean, Kyler Murray is going to throw the ball a lot. And DeAndre Hopkins will probably average between 8 and 11 targets a game, depending on, you know, defensive scheme, if it's Jalen Ramsey or, you know, whatever. The wide receiver, too, is it, – it's a crater right now. I mean, it might – like, the Jameis Winston year in 2019 when he went with 30 and 30, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans both had 10 targets a game. Like, that, that's the kind of target share that's available because nobody else has stepped up to the plate and wanted those targets or deserved those targets. You know, a lot. there's been a lot of dump downs and a lot of Dan Arnold when if you bring in a guy even like Marvin Jones, who's the elder statesman of the group, he's going to be the least expensive of the bunch. At least you know he's a great route runner. He can, he can go short, intermediate, or long, and he's got great hands. I mean, somebody like that who doesn't have the ego, as you mentioned, who came out of nowhere in Cincinnati 
And then like Golden Tate for a while flourished in Detroit, and then now he's he's ready to roll. I think realistically he would be the one to target. Now let's get to one more here. Fatherwood underscore eleven oh one. Do you like drafting players from ASU and U of A? Huh. Um here's the thing. If you could get a guy like like so Frank Darby has dropped precipitously. Like he was going into the twenty twenty season before COVID and everything, he was looked at as one of the better receivers in, in college football. And then the Senior Bowl, he showed out a little bit. Ross Jackson from Locked on Saints talked a lot about him as being a standout guy at the Senior Bowl. If you could get him potentially in the third round, depending on what they do in the first or second, if he drops that low, I'd be cool with that. But U of A hasn't really had anybody uh, of note over the last Gronk years to, to actually to be high impact in the NFL. And then, you know, with ASU, it, it's wide receiver U, but Nikhil Harry... Uh, Nikhil Harry was one pick away from being a Cardinal. If New England didn't draft him at 32, they were going to take him at the top of the second round, which would have been seemingly a mistake. What about you, Bo? I, I think there's only one guy that's really worth looking at this draft season is Chase Lucas, who mm-hmm. would be you know a second, maybe even a third-day guy corner. And that's a position of need for the Arizona Cardinals. Can he be guy? He can't be you know your second option this offseason to help out that unit. But if you add him on top, of two guys that you got either via free agency or in the first round and you took Chase Lucas in the third or fourth round, I, I'd love it. I think that'd be a great addition. But if he's going to be vying for starters reps, then I, I don't think he's at that that elite of a, a draft spot. I, I like Chase Lucas. That's really it. Uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm missing out on yeah. a couple guys, but Lucas is the only one that I've really followed so far as we'll start to kind of get, you know, go beyond the second and third rounds because there's really no slam dunks as far as those two teams. I don't have a problem with it. I always look, I always love seeing local products, you know, that played college play for their pro teams. I think it's fun. It adds an extra storyline that you don't necessarily get otherwise. Alex Clancy, Bobrock locked on Cardinals. We're going to have a jam packed show tomorrow. We're going to try and wrangle Josh Weinfuss from ESPN to join us to talk a little insight into what the hell's going on in the organization because I forgot what Steve Kimes' voice lo- sounds like. I have at this point. We haven't heard from him since. We've seen Michael Bidwell go CrossFit on us, and we haven't heard a word from Steve Kime. We'll try and wrangle in. We'll most likely get Josh Weinfuss tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Cool. And I forgot to record the first 10 minutes. So What? It's fine. I'll just have to stay here and... Uh,